Brendan, could you just like, as I'm recording, just place some of those tendies in my mouth? Just, just give me like a little bit of biscuit, just like in my mouth. Just, I'll just sort of like clockwork orange. I'll just sort of be like. What do, you, what do you say? Why don't, we, why don't we start the show? What is this? Episode uh, 45? Episode 45. Chapo Colt 45. Um, of course, uh, I initially have to apologize that you're getting this on Saturday after waiting a, a whole week with no Chapo, but um, you must understand that um, we've been very busy, like I said, doing sold out live shows to widespread acclaim and the love of thousands. So uh, we got a little bit behind, and also it was uh, both Brendan and Matt's birthdays back-to-back this week, so, you know, we decided to treat ourselves and maybe take a day off. So I, I hope you can forgive us, you greedy little shits. Now I know what rapper, <laughs> now I know what rappers are, like, talking about when they're, like, how serving fiends is just, like, a hassle. You've got to be, like, on the block, sun up to sundown, just serving, and that's... That's sort of like what we're like. That's, that's how we're different, living. There are different ways you can avoid your family than listening to the show. Uh, you don't have to rely <laughs> on us to come out like clockwork. We have uh, busy weeks where sometimes uh, two special boys were put out into that world that week. And uh, we just can't make it. But you can always say there was a problem at work if you're unemployed, like most of our listeners are. Uh, you can say that a family member died. Uh, anything to avoid your wife, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, we know how it is, but uh, you can't just rely on us to come out reliably. It's not what we do. Yes, this is mm, two of the three speaking members' main jobs. Yes, this is the <laughs> main thing I do, but fuck you. We'll come out when, when we want it to. I just want to say, though, um, shout out to all the birthday havers. You know, like if you got a birthday, respect, respect to all the birthdays. Every day is someone's and to, birthday, and to all the and all the moms who made those birthdays possible oh, by yeah. pump, pumping out those kids. Respect. <laughs> as we we just found out, someone's mom is a fan of the show, um, uh, Colette, and so shout out to her and her mom, um, and shout out to all the moms again. Everyone who has a birthday, everyone who has a mom, you know, you're the real heroes. Shout out to uh, the dads, uh, the forgotten <laughs> no, heroes. Fuck those of the dads. Fuck no, those no. dads. Oh yeah, no, well, we I, read, I read a very, think? I read a very persuasive issue of uh, uh, the New Inquiry a couple of years ago that made the case that dads suck and we should say fuck them, and I think they were right. No dads. <laughs> Fuck fatherhood. Moms only. The new inquiry is in league with the family court system. All the anti-father bias. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, we're we're glad to be back and, um, you know, uh, back in the trap again um, after our triumphant week of live shows. But now we're back um, in in the original format, in the recorded format, and uh, we're happy you're still with us. The topic for this week's show is Bill the Butcher did nothing wrong. Nothing. A symposium. (laughs) Um, That is the thesis we're going to put forward on on this week's show. Don't want to be harsh here, but wearing robes, getting boys to help you out. uh, (laughs) Look, none of this shit's in the Bible. If you believe in any of that, you're pagan. 
<laughs> all Christians are pagans. All of them. Uh, Catholics are sort of like modern day Roman sexual psychopaths. Whereas uh, uh, pro- most proddies are racist Scots Irish people. Mormons are just a bunch of weirdos that literally worship America. Uh, none of this shit's in the Bible. None of it. Uh, extremely paganistic. It's crap. It's bullshit. Throw it out. Only one group of people in the history of the world has ever been selected to care about God, and half of us don't even do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, God doesn't belong to you. Get out of here. Off to a, off to was, a, off to a good was, start. I was going to try to be more diplomatic um, before, you know, I will say I was brought up. Uh, several I, billion I was people. brought up. I was brought up Catholic, uh, but by very sort of casual and not terribly observant Catholics, and I never got confirmed or had a first communion, and I look back on it now and I say, thank God. Uh, Kept that taint off of me. Well, yeah, literally. Um, Uh, thank, Thank Hashem, the name, one of the only names for God, the other name, Elohim, because God does not appear to you when you chant in Latin. Rather, he appears to you indirectly in the many times in history which your tribe has lost wars. <laughs> That's what God is. Not a guy that you conjure when you put on robes. Sorry. So the, the backstory to this episode is our sort of um, ongoing war with the uh, Catholic Church, or rather their followers here in America, or their yeah. followers on Twitter. Is this it, priest? The Pope's new army? A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags. Uh, I see. I was going to start out the show by um, being to, uh, saying some good things about the Catholic Church. So maybe you guys can chime in. I'd like to say they've midwifed uh, some great art and architecture. A lot of great writers true, are yeah. Catholic. Um, and probably like a thousand years ago, they were at the cutting edge of like um, reason and philosophy and knowledge, at least in Europe and the West. Um I don't know. It's about it. Yeah, it's kind of it. I mean, uh, they, uh, Martin Scorsese, yeah, yeah, Martin, Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, definitely, yeah. Uh, Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. After that, nothing like no, not, no. Much. Bad lieutenant. Yeah, not much. Don't, don't forget the bad lieutenant. Oh bad yeah, lieutenant. Able, Able yeah. Ferrara, okay, yeah, yeah. Able Ferrara. Like I said, like it, it's an interesting, uh, you know, it's an interesting mix that's uh, sort of, like I said, brought forth um, a lot of conflicted and uh, pained yeah. geniuses. What have they done? Name one thing they've contributed. Votes. Votes, you say. They vote how the Archbishop tells them, and who tells the Archbishop? Their king in the pointy hat, what sits on his throne in Rome. Uh, somebody somebody came out with a manifesto this week. And well, usually no, no, when there's you're two like, things. There's, there's the manifesto. I want to get to that. Yeah. But then there was the article about us. Oh, which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. We, we, that came out on Tuesday, right? Uh, there was an article about us in what was it called? First Things Magazine. First Things Magazine, which, and by they mean by first things, they mean like the man and the woman and the snake and uh, <laughs> the literal first things. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they say they made it sound like we've tricked tradcaths into listening to us uh, by making fun of Hamilton. But it's really like a plot to make them not be Christian, which. To that I say, it's not like there are millions of you to trick of like leftists. <laughs> tragic. Like there aren't a lot of you. Uh, we did not know that this was like a group of people that listen. We don't. We weren't. It wasn't so much that we were trying to like 
get you to like the show by making fun of liberals in Hamilton and then be like, oh, yeah, and sodomy should be allowed. <laughs> it was more that like we, we were just doing that for people who already believe that stuff. Yeah. We like, oh, they're trying to take away my anti-sodomy beliefs. No, we have no goal. Well, I mean, you. It, it was honestly, all, all we're really doing is saying that, uh, you know, relaxed attitudes towards sodomy should be extended to the lay population as well. I mean, that's all we're saying. You know, I to to the you know, we, we like I said, it's been a sort of a falling out. And for that, I apologize. But um, for the people who were tricked into listening to the show, only to, so that we could like sort of sneak in all of this anti-papist uh, content. Uh, once we got your defenses down, I'd just like to say congratulations. You prayed yourself. And now uh, enjoy hell for eternity with the rest of us. I um, mean, that is no, that is a crazy thing to think that we are like conspiring to bring these people to their uh, to their spiritual ruin. But when you think that the devil is a real guy, uh, that's kind of how you end up thinking. Okay, so th- that's this, uh, that's one of the most true things that Joe Rogan ever said. He said, "If you believe the devil is real, you are an asshole," <laughs> and that is just very unconditionally true. So let, let's get into the, the the article, though. I want to talk about this. It's because I think. Well, it's, hold on it's, a minute. Hold on a minute. I want to say one thing before we start. Yeah. Okay. Because this thing is it's got it's got the importance behind it of some sort of like fucking ex-cathedra papal bull that's like condemning us for our insolence and, and sin and and just basically saying Catholics don't go near them and it really needs to be stressed that this entire thing started off the whole thing the whole tiff with these trad calves started off when Brendan made fun of Sonny Bunch and one of his trad calf free beacon Dorks in arms, F. Bill McDickbag, or whatever the hell his name is. Is it FBI Bill McMorris or Matthew Walther? Whatever. No, no, it was McMorris first. Okay. And and someone, some unsung hero, the Gravillo Princip who started this war, <laughs> uh, found out that that asshole had also, like Sonny Bunch, been caught in an elevator and tweeted about it. Yeah. And that was such a devastating own that then his other tradcat dork friends, like Matthew Walter, felt it incumbent upon themselves to declare war on us. There's nothing about, this isn't about theology, it's not about politics, it's not about your soul, it's that these (laughs) fucking thin-skinned dickheads got their feelings hurt in a Twitter (laughs) argument and decided to turn it into a holy war. Uh, It gives new meaning to the uh, the children's crusade. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's actually... And and we own them just over being dorks who get caught in elevators. That was it. It didn't have anything to do with them being Catholic. Um, you are forgetting that one of the tenets of the Catholic faith is that you have to, you have to defend Sonny Bunch. <laughs> and it's talked about, it's talked about in the Led Zeppelin song, Elevator to Heaven. Uh, you know, no, the Catholics are big on defending the weak. Uh, they may be inbred neocons who have the signs of inbreeding, like being pear-shaped, uh, <laughs> An entrapment curse that was passed down from generation to generation, <laughs> faltering eyesight, uh, to the point where they can only do make work jobs. They're what you call trainables. Uh, they can only do these make work jobs where they uh, f- talk about the conservative themes in uh, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> and uh, the Catholics have to defend these weak people. <laughs> Well, 
yeah. So like, once again, you know, we we didn't start this war, but no. we'll finish it. No, I mean, it will be like the Iraq War. Yeah. It will be like the Iraq War. They have overextended themselves. <laughs> uh, we are we are Muqtada, Muqtada. Uh, <laughs> they're in our world. And may the Christian Lord guide my hand against your Roman popery. So l- let's get into the, the, the first thing, the, the, the article that was written about us, because like I said, I saw this on, on this thing. This came out on Tuesday or like Tuesday or Wednesday. In First Things magazine, the title "Christians Stay Away from Irony Bros," and and the first <laughs> sentence, the first sentence is: If you were asked to describe Chapo Trap House by someone who knew nothing about it, just stop right there. What I said immediately was like coming out of uh, you know a weekend, a back to back sold out live shows that we did. Seriously, nothing felt more rewarding than reading this article to me, at least. I mean, I don't I don't know how you guys felt, but um. And, and here's the deal. Like, you know, I should give some background here. Uh, I invited the author of this article, Mark, um, Mark Marin. No, fuck. No, was- hey, what the fuckers? Uh, I want to thank, uh, first of all, our sponsors, Vatican II and the Vatican Bank. Does anybody hate why they can't launder money for the mafia? The Vatican Bank all right, no more jokes about people's names. You know, I'm, okay, I'm going to be polite. This sorry. is this is Mark Mason uh, wrote the article, and I reached out to him on Twitter, and you know, I said, "Do you want to come on the show and talk about the article?" Because, you know, we're going to talk about it on the show. And the last time, you know, someone like we, someone like this who wrote an article that was making fun of us or critical of us, uh, Robbie Suave, you'll remember we invited him on the show. Uh, so I did the same for Mark Mason, and I told him to listen to the Robbie Suave episode and said we'd be on our best behavior. But you know, nonetheless, I said you know we're kind of going to kind of have to roast the article a little bit. But I got to say, uh, Mark, he 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 didn't want to do the show. That I think that's totally fine. That's that's his prerogative. He was very genuine. Um, you know, he was honest. Uh, we had an honest discussion about it. He, you know, we we had a good conversation about it. And like I said, he was genuine. And there was nothing in the article really that I thought was you know gratuitously wrong or offensive. I just thought it was funny. Um, so you know, when you get to actually contact a, you know a real human being like that, it makes um, owning them all the more difficult. But luckily, Matt and Felix didn't talk or meet this guy at all, so no. we can we can go on. Yeah, because I made no agreement when I when I read when I read what he said about how I don't feel it's like, and I, my thought was Robbie Suave, whose entire body is made of fucking cartilage, <laughs> came in here and was willing to fucking get roasted. He showed a lot of heart. Guy who considers himself this guy who considers himself like you know a warrior for Christ is like I make it made fun of. <laughs> oh, can we talk about it? Like, can we talk when about the another? Ottomans are at the gates of Vienna? You're not going to be able to fucking stop them. But ooh, looks like someone knows that the real God isn't on his side. Ooh, you say God's real name. Can we you talk about you can it? Do that. You can't, bitch. With, ooh. God, with God, all things are possible except going on a podcast. Yeah. Can we talk about another um, another true believer who also ducked us this week? Yes, we can. Uh, one of our uh, someone uh, sort of uh, added uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Brendan Doherty, another yes. another uh, trad cath. He's probably one of the bigger names in the in the trad cath universe. Yeah, he's he said, mo- the monsters of tradition, <laughs> and he said, you know, you should go on Chapo Trap House. And uh, Doherty responded, uh, 
you know, if, if no other papist is up to the task, I, I'll, I'll do their show. I'll go on their little show or whatever. And then uh, we reached out to him again, but uh, apparently he was uh, booked solid for the next three weeks uh, blogging about his fantasy baseball team. I took him under my wing and see how I'm repaid. He saves my life one day so he can kill me the next like a sneak thief instead of fighting like a man. A base defiler. Unworthy of a noble name. Um, I gotta say, G.K. Chesterton uh, once wanted to duel someone who insulted the Holy Virgin. He would have lost, though. He's a bitch. (laughs) And you know, and then I thought to myself, maybe we should invite Matthew Walther on the show because I did make fun of him by name on Saturday night. But then I thought, well, no, I will invite Matthew Walther on the show. And if you're listening, Matthew, I will invite you on the show, provided you write an article about us in the Free Beacon that is sufficiently mad. Yeah. If you do that, if you write an article about us in the Free Beacon, we'll have you on the show. I've heard through various sources that you're, you know, a good guy, you're a young writer who's like struggling to make it and just happened to end up writing at the Free Beacon. So I'm down to support young writers. We could use a little bit of our, you know, celebrity and fan do you think base. The, to- the problem with the elevators at that building is that somebody needs to like perform an exorcism <laughs> on them. Possibly. <laughs> But I have to say that I'm bu- I'm bummed out that Darty's not coming on so that we can debate his thesis that Francisco Franco was a reformer with results. <laughs> we'll have to do our Franco episode uh, another time. That'd be but, a fun one. I mean, genuinely, I I do want a genuine reactionary to come on the show and have a proper a proper row with us. But you know. Uh, it's just not in the cars at the moment until someone wants it's, to. It's almost as though there are a bunch of tender bitches who can't fucking. Uh, even conceive of arguing with somebody who is not an equally bitchy liberal. <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out they're not like David, and they don't know about uh, all the cool shit David did because he's in the real Bible. <laughs> the real part of the Bible that has one Samuel and two Samuel in it. <laughs> it has Yahweh and it has Elohim. <laughs> it has all the real guys. Oh man, I like like I said. So until someone does want to come on and defend the honor of the Catholic Church, we're just going to have to sacrilege. We're just going to have to blaspheme yeah, gratuitously. Yeah. So and the, um. Anyway, so uh, let me. I just want to read a little from the uh, from Mark Mason's article about us. Um, he says, you know, uh, the podcast is discursive and meandering and dense with allusions to pop culture and things that go viral on Twitter. That is correct. It is highly irreverent and highly ironic. The hosts have been dubbed irony bros, and that's probably a good enough description. Unlike older... Probably. <laughs> writer, <laughs> right. Unlike older, more classical forms of irony, the irony of these irony bros is omnidirectional and a universal solvent. Now, that line was one thing that I, I was going to take issue with him if he came on the show, but in our conversation, Mark said in listening back to our other shows that our use of irony was, in fact, not omnidirectional and that, you know, we do, we do have some heart. We do have some direction to our uh, well, irony. Well, I also, frankly, I think the whole irony thing is is nonsensical. What does that even mean? I mean, for the most, when we have our show, we're pretty fucking sincere, it seems to me. yeah. I mean, we're not doing a. I don't even know what the what irony, frankly, is when they refer to it. Like, I don't know. It's what like you know, classical. When they say we're ironic, like classical forms of irony, like Jonathan Swift, where he only made fun of one thing. 
Yeah, I mean, which is also but, because but people... Making, irony isn't making fun of something. Those things aren't interchangeable terms. Right, irony... What do they specifically mean by it being ironic? Irony... Is it like, is it like fucking Alanis Morissette? It means nothing? It's just a gibberish word? <laughs> irony is a rich intellectual tradition where you get to say the N-word on the internet. <laughs> uh, irony is not Jonathan Swift, who used a very... Uh, very feeble form of irony that people in the past used because they were weak and uh, they drink beer for breakfast. They were all short, uh, disgusting, awful, childish irony. They could never have the honor, courage, or intelligence to uh, reply to Hillary Clinton with screenshots from uh, Dan Quinn videos. They could never make an alt account where they say the N-word, which you know the which fall under the rich purview of modern irony, which is what we do. Well, these guys basically hate the modern world. I mean, no, that, that is yeah, the trad like, path. Yeah. Sort of that is their calling card. Uh, this is this is a line I like a lot. Uh, he writes, "Like Holden Caulfield, the Chapo guys believe everyone is a phony." Unlike Holden Caulfield, they are sometimes witty. No one escapes their destructive gaze. I just think they say, also like Holden Caulfield, we will uh, probably shoot John Lennon or a musical figure of uh, his probably. caliber sometime uh, soon. Or one of our fans will, probably. Unlike Holden Caulfield, we don't hang out with kids. That's weird. That's no good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even look at kids. That's no good. But here's where he gets into like the, the meat of the article. He says, This is just what makes them confusingly alluring to some. They have a cult following, including among a group of leftist Catholics who call themselves illiberal Catholics or Tradinistas. We're going to get into the Tradinistas later, but he's, we're going to explain that in a second. But he says, These Tradinistas coalesce around a strong critique of free market capitalism and a full-throated defense of the church's social teachings. Um, and it goes on to define that a little bit more. Uh, it says they were particularly drawn into the episode where we made fun of Kevin Williamson, and that that was our like subterfuge. That's how we that's how we hooked him. Right. And we also hate the National Review. They hate the National Review for their sort of racism and extolling of free market capitalism. Blah blah blah. Um, and it says it makes sense that they would be attracted to the critique that we're offering on the show, which is like we said, we make fun of uh, liberals and a lot of you know. A lot of things that are sort of like mainstream liberal uh, shibboleths. We, we, we do not spare them on this show. Um, what does he say? Uh, so when it comes to irony bros like the Chapo Trap House crew, some Christians see the fact that they attack both sides equally as a sign that maybe they're doing something right. Love that boy. <laughs> Love that boy. Maybe they could be an ally in the fight against liberalism. But the irony bros will never be allies of Christianity. <laughs> Damn it. (laughs) And another thing I I would have said to to Mark if he was on the show is thanking him for writing the article is because when we started doing this show way back in April, I mean, one of my main goals was to become the next Aleister Crowley. And I feel like in a small way, we've uh, we've managed to do that. One writer who saw all this coming was Matthew Walther, associate editor of the Washington Free Beacon. Prophet. (laughs) Walther tweeted the following on August 31st. Can we ban this Chapo Trap House thing? It clearly destroys minds to say nothing of faith and morals. The Chapo crew and their loyal fans unleashed a stream of Twitter and anti-Catholic invective that cannot be repeated here. Why not? Just like link to it here. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, otherwise, I don't know what you're it. talking about. Suffice to say, it was disgusting and completely unoriginal. Many of the Tradinistas expressed displeasure with the anti-Catholicism, but some maintain the Champo crew were still an important ally in the fight against liberalism. 
The controversy died down after a while and was largely forgotten. Okay, here's the one line I want to uh, take issue with here where he says, I, for, I, first of all, I don't know like what this anti-Catholic invective was. I mean, is that just making fun of the Catholic Church? I think like, it was, you know, uh, like someone made the uh, Chomo joke. Okay, someone made the Chomo joke. and that's when I mean, I'm sorry. And it it's would, when he it, says... It, like, is, it's, it's, it is vile and totally off, just totally just hate speech to point out that the Catholic Church carried out a decades-long international conspiracy to cover up for hundreds of child molesters. <laughs> Totally I mean, made if you were up. to just say something like that and it wasn't true, that would just be an awful calumny. I mean, know? when he said completely unoriginal, like my sort of take on that was like, it's a shame that everyone's sort of go-to slam of the Catholic Church is so universally predictable, but like that's there's sort of a reason for that. And it's just at some point you're going to have to take this L. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I like the films of Roman Polanski, but like he still should have been in jail. You know what I mean? You know, it goes on and says, there are two lessons to take from this. First, there can be no common cause between Christianity and irony bros. <laughs> Indeed, that oh, no. irony bros have any cause other than omnidirectional destruction is stunningly ignorant. Again, Mark uh, slightly walked that back to me, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, it's, that's fine. Um, anyway, he says, my suggestion is we take lessons from this incident and then, of course, never speak of the Chapo guys again. <laughs> so good luck with that. Do you guys realize that, like, you're the freaks in this equation? <laughs> like, we're not. It's not like you, that. Like you strayed and like found some weird people, and you're like, "All right, let's never talk about." It. Like you're weird. You want the government to like tell people they can't fuck other people in the ass. Like there's something wrong with you. You're kind of a fucking. And they freak. and they also they they also want like well, they want state censorship authority to like like when he said when Walter says, "Can we ban this Chapa thing?" I mean, in his ideal world, he would be speaking literally. Yep. Like, actual ban, like Legion of Decency shit. And we, I actually saw a thread between a couple of these guys a couple weeks ago where this one, they were, like, debating whether we were, quote-unquote, evil. <laughs> the, the word evil was used. You're a fucking asshole. And whether, we were, and whether we were damning people to hell by, listen, like, we, whether we were actually causing people to be damned by, by listening to us. I guarantee you that if these guys had their way, they would basically turn America into like 50s Ireland with like a, a religious police force running around like stamping, uh, you know, forbidden on shit and burning it in giant pyres. Let's bring back those Magdalene so, you know laundries. I'm okay not being on that team. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I like, look, I, uh, you can build coalitions out of anything. The Syrians' uh, defense forces show this. But, uh, <laughs> One thing you cannot build a coalition off of is about fifty New Deal Democrats who are afraid of the new of the female orgasm and anyone else. Uh, good luck selling your vision of the world to anyone. Well, here, well here's a, here's a couple of things. Like I, th there was a. I, I put this thing out there about about Matthew Walther, where like this whole idea that like he actually does agree with like many like leftist points of view, at least as far as. Um, economics is concerned like you know that he could sign on for the Tradenista agenda because it's like you know economically left but socially conservative whatever that's fine i i made the point that then why the fuck is he writing for the free beacon which is like a hundred percent against all of those things 
And then someone responded who is a Tradenista, who, again, I'm told is, is a good person who does good work, so I'm not going to call them out or I didn't respond to this, but it is a point that I think is worth responding to. And he said, well, you know, what do you want from the guy? Like, it's hard to be a young writer. Like, it's hard to get your work published or get a byline or anything like that. Would you say Emmett Renson is a, is a fake leftist because he wrote it wrote for Vox? Okay? And what I'll say to that is, like, look, we have, like, we, you know, we've made fun of Vox a lot. I think it's kind of shit. Um, it could be a lot better. Like, I have complaints about Vox, like, that, you know, we've, we've discussed before. I don't have complaints about the Washington Free Beacon. I just think that, like, everyone who fucking writes for them and funds them should just stop breathing. Like, that's my only thought about yeah. the Washington Free oh, yeah. Beacon. Fully unredeem- yeah. It is wholly unredeemable. There's nothing redeemable. It's fucking trash. That. If you write for them, you're like, dude, you're, you're, you're totally and completely written off, in my opinion. And any sort of, like, half-assed sympathy that you're expressing for, like, universal health care or something like that, if anything, it makes you worse if you even half-sincerely believe that and write for these fuckers. You know, that's what I got to say about uh, Walther and the Free Beacon. But the, the other thing I want to say is, like, when I was talking to Mark, I asked him, like, what in... He said, he, he's like, you know, when I listen to you guys talk to Suave, he's like, you know, I agree with you on economic issues. And, like, I said, the question I would ask you is, like, what does, like, a coalition or, like, collaboration between Catholic, like, Catholics and lefties, like, what would that look like to you? And he, and he said, I think he made a good point that, you know, Orthodox Catholics are, have always been organizing on like single issues in conjunction with the left. But when it comes to like supporting certain candidates, it becomes harder. And he was like, I think a lot of them, a lot of the Tradenistas did support Bernie Sanders. And he was like, well, it'll become an issue for you if we ever get like a candidate that is like a, you know, at a Bernie Sanders level who is in favor of all the economic redistribution, but also thinks abortion is murder. And then, then it would be incumbent on us to be like, okay, can I cross <laughs> that Rubicon? Can I, can I cast a vote for that, even though I have such a fundamental disagreement on what I regard as basically a non-negotiable issue? Like, a core, I think a core commitment of any left-wing political agenda is that abortion must be legal. Yeah, uh, also non-negotiable to me are gay marriage and the non-criminal status of uh, homosexual sex. My brother is gay. I'm not going to... I'm sorry, but online bonds between some fucking sexually demented weirdos who may or may not support socialized medicine are not thicker than blood. Also, you know what? Uh, no theocracy. Thank you very much. Good on it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was astounding listening to these guys list off all their stuff. Like, hey, I'm in favor of socialism. I'm in favor of getting getting beyond capitalism and creating robust life. Debt. And yeah, I also want the church to be in charge of the state. What? <laughs> like, uh... there are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons and then There are those that follow Mohammed's book I've never been one of them I'm a Roman Catholic And have been since before I was born And the one thing they say about Catholics is They'll take you as soon as you're warm You don't have to be a six-footer You don't have to have a great brain 
You don't have to have any clothes on your a Catholic the moment that came because every sperm is sacred, every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. Yeah, I want to I want to dip into the Tradenista manifesto. Uh, but before I do, I just want to like shout out. I saw an amazing thread between a guy who was like one of our. He was a former fan of the show, who's now 
mad at us because we insulted the Catholic Church. And it was it was a thread between him and another guy where he was arguing with a guy over whether Jews and homosexuals are acceptable in society. And he was taking the oh, sort yeah. of the he was taking the, uh, the 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 pro he was saying that yes, that is acceptable or it's more complicated than you make out. And I just like to suggest if you find yourself even halfway seriously in that argument, you've already you're already around the fucking bend, dude. Like, dude I, I believe, like, like, he said something like, I, I don't believe that Jews and sodomy are uh, necessarily bad. Like, uh, something like that. Always, uh... Like, shit, open-minded, wow. You know, you know you're, uh, you know you're off to a good start when, uh, you are, like, maybe two, two tweets in the argument, and you're like, look, the Jews, as a group, not all bad, <laughs> we have to qualify that, you are in for some good shit. Well... Again, like I, I think this is an interesting thing because, like, the Tradenista Manifesto. Let's go through it because you know these are these are Catholic Catholic Marxists, and like a lot of what they lay out here and their the program that they sort of outline in this manifesto is you know like based on socialist principles. But like, what I liked about reading this is that it was like this this whipsaw effect between <laughs> it was like watching a game of tennis between uh, yes and no <laughs> as I'm going through <laughs> it. So uh, let, let, let's just read a couple of these. So uh, point number one, uh, Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life who became man for the salvation of all. Um, Wait, I'm going to uh, take a hard pass on um, that. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, I currently I am debating between whether it's uh, Elijah or Almadi. <laughs> We believe in the authority and teachings of Christ entrusted to his church. We invite all in his sympathy and beliefs and goals to join us. Our project concerns the common good of all humanity. Well, if it's the common good of all humanity, I mean, like, why would you, why lead off with this thing about how Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? I mean, again, if you believe that, that's your belief. And one of the things that Mark said to me when he was sort of debating coming on the show was, like, I'm a Catholic, so the question of religion and getting it right is very important to me, and I'd be worried that I would be like, leading people astray uh, from that religious question by sort of giving countenance to, I don't know, the show or our sense of humor or whatever. And I just feel like, you know, to me, the question of religion and other people's religion is exactly that. It's other people's. It's, it's a question for them, not for all of humanity or like all of society, especially one as diverse as 21st century America. Right. Uh, that's not that's not very trad of you, buddy. That's not trad of you uh, at all. Uh, I've uh, I've made a lot of jokes so far in this show about Christianity being pagan. And I don't really, really believe it. It's funny to say, but I don't I don't I don't care what people believe. I really don't. I went to a Jesuit university. I've known people who have all types of beliefs uh but the sort of one sticking point in the actual i'm getting into very fugal singing territory of have you ever actually read the bible (laughs) sir sir (laughs) but no it is a very big sticking point in the bible that uh well in the first books only one group of people is allowed to even care about god and then in the next books they're pretty explicit about saying that state and god are very different and the laws of heaven are not meant to be the laws of laws of uh, state but uh there's a world of belief out there and for that reason it should have no fucking place in government and if it does for you if you think that's if that's important to you 
you if you fully implemented it, you would be see something you would see something like Franco Spain. You would be seeing half well, a here's million the thing. dead in camps. Like, um, it's no good. It has never worked out. I, Sorry. I, anticipating sort of the critique of that point of view, I think people might say, well, many of the great uh, social and reform movements in American history were informed by Christianity and religion. But I think my, at least my response to that is like whether it's the civil rights movement or the labor movement or things like that, those all had political goals and ends which could be explained and defined social good completely independent of religion. Yeah. And like, and, and, and when you get into things like, you know, gay marriage and things like that, like it's only a religious argument that's being made. Like there is no argument that's against gay marriage that can point to any kind of broader social ill, or at least if there is, I haven't seen it. It's just like, it's about a matter of personal religious conception. And if that's the case, it should be just, I think, it's, I think you should keep it to your, not keep it to yourself. You can believe what you want, but I don't think you can involve it in politics unless you have a better, more universal reason. I don't know. See, but the thing is, is that what we're talking about, the, the, the point of view that you guys are talking about is a modernist point of view. It is the modern, uh, Modern political mindset that came out of the Enlightenment, and, these and they guys reject, reject it. Yeah, they reject it. Yeah, yeah. They say no to it. It is an incommensurable thing. They uh, they see that and they're like, no, that's not what the state is. That's not what politics is. It is a thing that is this like God centered, uh, you know, uh, communal movement towards grace and all elements of the state coming toward pointing in the same direction for the salvation of all. That's what they think, and they're never going to be thought otherwise and like when they say hey uh religious as you said religious impulse has um has driven a lot of good reforms that's always been one element of a broader push that is within a framework of modern secular democracy and they're always in the back seat and i say and i think we could agree that they have to stay in the fucking back seat <laughs> i mean they just do and because what they want and like that's why franco is such a good person to point to and that's like when i ever read when i read any of these guys even the ones who say they're leftists all i think of is franco is what they want is they want a pre-modern catholic uh conception of of uh of sovereignty in a modern mass politics now doesn't walther and that it doesn't those are those cannot work together. like doesn't walther without actually massive amounts of repression without massive amounts of of state coercion. Doesn't Walther actually want like America to be a monarchy? Doesn't he want to restore some yeah, lost he, monarch he wants, or something like he that? Wants the, there's a there's an 80 year old Bavarian art collector named uh, Franz. <laughs> He's like the son of the deposed last king of Bavaria. And by this, and according to like the Stuart uh, line of succession, he's the last living Jacobite, the Stuart pretender uh, ruler of England. Who got who were overthrown uh, in the Glorious Revolution of 1688, and in his mind he is the rightful sovereign of the United <laughs> States. Oh, no, of Great no, no. Okay, this is the dumbest thing these fucking people believe. If you're not a Carlist, get the fuck <laughs> off. Stop listening. Fuck you. This is a Carlist show. First and foremost, we're secular, secular Carlists. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean. Real requete hours. <laughs> All I gotta say. Uh, Trump, Hillary, uh, I'm going for Franz. 2016, <laughs> hit the restart button. I want to go back to Franz. But no, Matt, to, you, to, your, exactly, to your point, I think uh, number bullet points two and three in the Tradonista Manifesto are very telling. Point two, 
uh, political authority ought to promote the teachings of the church. We recognize the social kingship of Christ and all people are subject to him by his very essence and power. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at this, but um, it is funny to me. Uh, while the polity has a positive obligation to facilitate the salvation of its citizens, it should not compel them to become Christian. Oh, that's very generous. But um, the polity autonomous, though not perfectly separated from the church. Now, before you respond to that, let me just read number two. Sorry, number three. Number three. The goal of political authority is to create a good and virtuous people. The law is a teacher and always promotes a particular conception of the good. Morally neutral laws are therefore impossible. The essence of government is to lead citizens to virtue and societies to the highest of the natural common goods. All law and policy must aim at the common good, not at a private interest. Now, other than that last sentence, and our, our friend has made this point, and I think it's a very good one, Number three here is, in fact, actually one of I, one of the most dangerous things that you can believe politically. That the law can you can use the law or political ideology to create virtuous people. It's the hallmark of every great rules make a great society. <laughs> I think that that one, that one is actually probably more mistaken than just like the things that that we disagree on about, you know, social policy vis-a-vis gay and uh, gay people and women. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could argue that he's right about the, they're right about the idea that there's no morally neutral laws and that laws promote some sort of They morality. promote a moral but, vision, right? Right, but the idea that that therefore has to be a, 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 a sectarian one is crazy and deeply harmful. Yeah, and, you know, they said that, you know, people are autonomous though not perfectly separated from the church and it's just like what i gotta say to that is like that's for you it's not for me i don't believe in the church yeah yeah. like why would i why would i not be perfectly separated from it yeah second of all uh mercury and vaccines causes autonomy (laughs) wait is that the same thing uh number four is a political authority must be decentralized as far as possible what do you, you guys have any thoughts on that I'm personally, I, I like central, centralized authority. I, I think local and community forms of justice are inherently reactionary, but that's just me. Yeah, they're bullshit. I, I mean, if you ever have been to a city council meeting, it's all people who are too stupid to be cops, uh, but want to oppress people. They're what we call suppressive persons. <laughs> uh, get it out of there. Uh, number five, economic life should be ordered to the common good. Again, I, I think I could, yeah, I I could fuck that, with yeah. that. Um, number six, capitalism must be abolished. Um, Get it out sure. of here. Yeah. Down sure. with that. Class society must be erased. Again, checking that yeah, out. Yeah, good. Let's do it. Do now it. we've uh, we've we've waited. We got through those first three, which are first three or four are tough. And now now they're now they're now this is um, exciting my my pleasure zones. Yep. Um, it's a universal effort founded in solidarity for a just society based on the common good, precisely because the capitalist class serves only it's only its own sectarian interests. I guess they should just true, be replaced with a, another sectarian interest. Um, eight, livelihood should not depend on the market. Smash Absolutely. that motherfucking yeah. like button. Yeah. Definitely. Hell yeah. Nine, every person has a right to property. I, you know, yeah, I roll those billions. I agree with I'm that. with it. Yeah. Um, worker cooperatives should be strongly encouraged. Hell yes. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. Not? Uh, number 11, one. racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and similar forms of oppression must be eradicated. The racism shit, yeah. I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm done with it. Still misogynist, though. <laughs> okay, this is where I, uh, we, 
we 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 uh we hit a we hit a stretch there. It was there we were rolling four, five, six, but we're about to come on trips, okay? Eleven. Again, racism and homophobia, transphobia must be eradicated. Number twelve. Marriage and family life should be specifically supported by the polity to promote the common good. We uphold the value of indissoluble marriage of one man and one woman ordered towards the generation of offspring, which is the foundation of society. Accordingly, the polity should take the supporting... For a minute there. Few things are more hostile to the poor among us than the bourgeois conception of marriage and family life in which marriage becomes a mere contract or means to self-gratification. We therefore reject contraception, no-fault divorce, in vitro fertilization, and any similar attempt to sever marriage from procreation or interfere with its indissolubility. I mean, come on. Dude, do you know, like, ask yourself, do you know a single person whose lives were, like, irreparably harmed by their parents getting divorced i mean i don't this is this is why people cannot fucking stand you people because you have some just i don't know like you you, you're in sophomore year of college you have some sexual fear and you get to the part where you want to tell everybody what's best for them like why why do you care if people get divorced why why do you give a shit why do you care? Why do you care about a no-fault divorce? You're fucking twenty. You've never even held hands with a girl. You're, you're, you're bizarre recluses from society. Why do you have any say in this? And when fuck they, off. And when they said that, uh, you know, one man, one woman marriage is the foundation of our society. <coughs> again, I just I'm gonna have to disagree with that. My point on this when I read it was that um, electricity is actually the foundation of our society because if that went away things would fall apart a lot quicker than if like every mom and dad in America got divorced tomorrow. Yeah. If that, if that yeah. happened, that would, that would take it. That yeah. shit would like, honestly, that like, would have a much higher body count. That's for yeah. Me. Well, sure. just think about it this way. Like conduct this thought experiment. If every mom and dad in America got divorced tomorrow, I maintain that things would pretty much carry on exactly as they are now. The people who would be otherwise disadvantaged would continue to be so. And the people who would be basically unaffected by divorce would be unaffected by it. But like the, the, the difference, again, is in money and in economic class rather than whether divorce or, you know, what your parents do is like not an inherently good or bad thing. And, the, and when he talks about, when, they, when these guys talk about the, the, the dangers of the modern conception of marriage where it's just personal happiness and, and so all you care about is whether you're happy and so you throw away the relationship and all the structures you've created just on this fleeting thing and there are things that are more important than happiness. You can make a, you can write a very moving article about how, you know, what we're losing with this modern sort of consumer idea of relationships. Big but dating. The alternative, yeah. the alternative, the state enforcement of of a religious conception of marriage. It's like it's not like we don't know what that looks like. You know, that has happened in the past. Uh, there are places that still have that with other religions. I mean, it like I, whenever I read these guys, I always just think of like 50s uh, Ireland, you know, some woman with a black eye going to her priest and him solemnly telling her that, you know, marriage isn't really just about your personal happiness or fucking carting off pregnant teenagers to be slaves in the Magdalene laundries. I mean, we know what this actually means in practice when you put state power behind these kind of beliefs. And it's way fucking worse than whatever kind of ennui we're creating with these disposable relationships. <laughs> Number 13. 
abortion is a horrifying crime which must be eradicated immediately. Do you guys really think that? Yeah, you don't okay, really think good. that. We're you done. don't really think that because they do. You, though. They you, really do. No, but they don't because if you really thought that abortion is the murder of babies and you, millions are happening before your eyes, you wouldn't be writing fucking articles. Well, you I, wouldn't really be doing that. You don't really fucking think <laughs> that, or else you would be acting differently. You wouldn't be fucking tweeting. Otherwise, you're the biggest fucking pussy in the world. What are you gonna you you're gonna you're gonna quote tweet about it? Fuck off! You don't really think that you just well, like telling people what to do. Well, no, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly push back on that because I think the the argument could be made is like, well, you know, I think the U.S. government is a blood soaked military empire responsible for you know millions of deaths, but I'm not like you know assassinating people or blowing my blowing up traffic or anything like that either. So they could they say that well, you know, look. I'm, I'm not trying to kill anyone either, but I, I think the, the real test for whether you believe abortion is a horrifying crime and and the moral and legal equivalent of murder is whether you're willing to cop to women being sent to jail for obtaining one. If you're not willing to do that, I'm sorry, but I can't take seriously your claim that you think it's, like I said, the moral and legal equivalent of murder. Hey, those guys might hate Kevin Williamson, but at least on that front, he kept he's it totally one hundred. Yeah, he keeps hardcore. it real. Kevin, kept Kevin it keeps it very real. Yeah. Um, they go on the uh, anthropogenic uh, climate change threatens common good of all mankind and must be fought. Uh, agree. We reject nationalism and the nation state. Agree. Uh, warfare is justified only by careful moral analysis. I don't know, a little iffy on that one. I, uh, I don't know what they mean by like, that's yeah. getting into this sort of like just war we theory. Could, we could have invaded is, Iraq. Oh, could, they love that just yeah, war we, shit. Which they I honestly I think is hokum. Yeah, I think and, it's crap. <laughs> I, I think they mean that like we could have invaded Iraq if like we had proof that Saddam was building a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> All society should, It's like the saber metrics of warfare. <laughs> They're like, well, I've got the, I've got the formula, yeah. man. I know exactly. Yeah. I know the n- precise number of people that have to die before we can intervene. <laughs> All societies should generously welcome migrants fleeting hardship. Um, agree. Cock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In everything possible, we stand with the poor and the marginalized. Uh, okay. Agree. We strive towards a genuine polity animated by Christian socialist principles. Again, I'm not going to argue that point, but I can't really. 20, the last one is liberalism has failed and we must move beyond it. And, you know, I think basically we yeah. basically agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so, th- you know, that that's the Tradinistas, and uh, they've gotten some press this week. And, again, it's like I feel like I don't want to needlessly insult anyone who could – we that we – where we agree on probably more than we disagree, at least based on that manifesto. But the things we do disagree on are – again, it's sort of non-negotiable yeah. for either side. So it's, 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 yeah. it, it's difficult. You know what I mean? I mean, the deal, the deal is, like, you guys, hey, you guys want a more equitable world, a more just world, very importantly, a world where we're not all killed by runaway climate change. Get on board, man. Let's fucking create a goddamn coalition. Rainbow coalition of shit. But, uh, yeah, all that other shit, sorry. No. Like, here, here's... And it's like, what do you want? Do you want half the pie or none of it? You know? And here's the thing. Like, I was thinking, like, could I, like, like let's say a Tradinista becomes, like, the next Bernie Sanders or like Jeremy Corbyn or if there was like a politician that espoused this platform and values like could I find myself supporting them and I think the answer is like maybe on like a local level if I knew that uh, they would essentially have no say in uh, like the Supreme Court or anything like that but if this group ever became the dominant political faction in our society I, I 
would consider um, armed resistance, basically. Yeah, this sounds like shit. I'm sorry. It's no good. It's no the good. The good news, though, is that that'll never happen. Exactly. Because as we discussed, these are 16 weirdos online. Yeah, it's... Yeah, they. I do not like their chances. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I feel like I... I, I I have respect for a lot of people who do who do serious work uh, that is inspired by religion to to fight poverty. Because to be honest, it's more than I'm doing. Because I'm just hosting a podcast where I'm an asshole. But you know, it, it's at the same time. It's like I if you're holding out this thing of like this this kind of you know be careful because you could be alienating com- comrades. Otherwise, I just really have to question how how many people. Um, actually believe in all of these socialist principles, but also sincerely think abortion is murder. And I gotta, th- I gotta say, it's probably not that many people. I should say, I should add that I've, I've heard from, uh, from left Catholics who have not refuted us that that guy Mike, Mark Marin, uh, <laughs> is actually not even one of these dudes. Yeah, he's, he's actually a, just a good old fashioned right wing Catholic. Well, he told me and he has no interest in seeing any kind of coalition built between the left and the Catholic that is, people. Yeah, he, well, he told me that he didn't write the Tradenista uh, Manifesto and that he could have some quibbles, but he says he mostly signs on for it. So, But then again, with these people, when yeah, they say... well, that's not what I heard. I know. Well, these people, when they say some quibbles, like you, that, that, that's yeah. doing a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, so, I don't know. That That's our beef with the, the Catholic Church. Um, any, any, any closing thoughts on this? Uh, Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather Three did nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, I have uh, two things. One, everyone who's listening to this, uh, welcome to hell. Enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, we can we can like be in the same tar pit together and trade memes for eternity. <laughs> uh, and secondly, I will say that the thing about the article that bothered me the most is that he sort of pitched us as like fucking South Park. Right. Like, yeah. well, they see the absurdity of both sides. Like, like there's no point of view, and that is wrong. We have a fucking point. Yeah, of view. no, but I, I did say Mark. It's not nihilism. Uh, Mark did. Uh, he he did walk that back. He did. He he sort of said that he he got that wrong in the article. At least he said that to me. Well, I'm waiting for the fucking retraction, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, not in a fucking DM. Well, look again, and fucking. Michael Brendan Doherty. I mean, you we had you had your chance to defend the Catholic Church, yeah, and I, like I said, you were probably like uh, at a busy schedule of uh, doing fantasy baseball or writing for theslurve.com. So I think we see where your priorities. Oh are, wow! Really it looks like only Elohim protects. But like, I I am serious though. I mean, like, if you're a Tradenista and you want to talk to us, like, I would be willing to to talk to have you on the show. And if you're just a straight up reactionary, we I yeah. I, I do want to get someone on the show that we can actually have a an argument with. If you're a Calvinist, if you're a Huguenot, hey, if you're a right-wing Anabaptist, uh, anything. Um, yeah. Um, let us know. Hit us up in the DMs. But um, how about to close out this uh, this to this episode, we do some uh, listener mail? Let's do it. Let's do some listener mail. Okay. I got a couple uh, picked out here. Uh, the first, uh, first one comes uh, from Alex Bonwit uh, under Escape from Texas. This is a little long, but... He says, hey, Chapo, about six years ago, I made the terrible mistake of moving from Philly to Austin. 
uh, when I was an aimless recent college grad. Austin was fun at first, but has been becoming increasingly boring and vapid feeling over the last few years, not to mention the fact that we're under the current rule of Greg Abbott, former Rick Perry protege. I badly want to leave, but I'm not sure where to go. A lot of my family have ended up in Washington, D.C., where I spent four years earning an ill-advised film degree in college, but I'm not sure if I could stomach returning to a city teeming with go-getter, congressional aides, and political movers and shakers. What is a restless nomadic chaphead to do? Do value your thoughts an almost absurd amount. Okay, uh, Alex, I'm not sure if you should be asking us um, advice on, some, on this kind of, uh, you know, major life decision, but I'm going to just say come to Brooklyn, sweetie. Uh, you know what, Alex? Uh, I've never been a man with a plan. I've only acted on, my, on emotion my entire life. Worked out pretty well. Uh, you should do something similar, you know, if you are blessed by God, protected by him in the way that I am. But if not, uh, Minnesota has a great social safety net, one of the only of the, uh, all 50 states. Uh, and uh, you could also, like Will said, move here, and you could work for the Chapa Corporation. Yeah, you could, you could live in a fucking, uh, in a file cabinet <laughs> in Bushwick. It would be awesome. Uh, I'm really not a good person to ask either. I was basically a catatonic fail son for like a good half decade uh, and just like stumbled into this totally by accident uh, and, you know, a slight change in anything. And I would probably be just like a completely encrusted in Cheeto dust living in my parents' basement. So I'm definitely not anyone to ask for advice. But uh, I'd say uh, join the Merchant Marine. That's good. All right, I like that one. Sail the seven seas. Like uh, like Lewin David. Like Lewin Davis. Get a, exactly. <laughs> get your get your union card and a fucking anchor tattoo. See the world. See the world. Okay, uh, next one comes here from MJ. Uh, this isn't a question. <laughs> But MJ has submitted his own uh, Hillary voice take, and it's I want to do it now. It says, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton has asked me to address the press release as regards to her promotion with Pusha T. Did you guys see that this week? I may not be an athlete, but I'm putting numbers on the board. <laughs> his, is, his is good. Uh, it goes, I may not be terminally ill, but I do have ice on my neck, so I don't. Get nauseous. <laughs> that was a good, uh, good push a T related uh, pusher, pusher Tim, Killer Michael, and the whole gang. Okay, this comes from uh, next uh, next letter from Scott Schroeder. It says, uh, "Greetings, comrades, in our eternal struggle for justice and development." In my university's unquestioned wisdom, the administration has invited our pal David Brooks to give our fall convocation address in a few weeks. <laughs> Considering I go to Old Miss, I guess I should be thankful that Trent Lott <laughs> or some other segregationist shit wasn't invited, but I'm not too pleased this oaf will be here either. I want to go and I want to say something to him. I don't think he deserves a serious form of protest or anything, but saying something embarrassing and funny in the Q&A portion is definitely in order. In solidarity, Scott Schroeder, Gray Wolf from week one. Scott, great question. I agree with you. I don't think David Brooks is a serious enough figure to do anything like standing up and turning your back or something like yeah. that or holding up a sign that says like one million dead. How dare you? Or just like <laughs> David, putting, Brooks, <laughs> David Brooks single-handedly sold the Iraq war. It was all him. Putting duct tape over your mouth and being mm. like, uh, I don't know. Lighting but, yourself on fire for David Brooks. 
No, the, yeah, the signal curse of David Brooks's life is that he could not evince passion in anyone. Uh, imagine. Including his wife, which is why she left him. Yeah, no, Matt, Matt's on to something here because I, I thought about this question, and here, here's what I think you should do. You should find um, his most recent book, which is titled The Road to Character, uh. and, and find the acknowledgments and uh, approach him and get him to sign the acknowledgments page. And then when he's doing it, ask for the digits of the research assistant that he name checks in it because uh, let's just say it will be funny and embarrassing for everyone involved. Uh, let's see, next question here. Says, uh, okay, this is sort of a, a complaint uh, similar to some of the other ones we got. This is from Adam. He says, hi guys, I'm a Grey Wolf subscriber. I love you guys, but I'm not crazy about your use of the word cuck when you use it to refer to the anti-Trump Republicans. While they are horrible people, I think you should maybe come up with a different term than the anime fan Nazis use. Uh, as a friend pointed out, their usage probably comes from how on porn sites, cuck usually involves a black man having sex with a white man's wife. <laughs> also, I'm curious if any of you have ever met any polyamorous people who are making it work and are not the corny type who brag about it constantly in the common area of a dorm. I'm Monog myself, but I do have friends who are poly and chill. Not close enough friends where I would get mad about those jokes, but instead I find the jokes funny. Actually, there's a second question that also um, references this. A lot of people are coming out in defense of the poly people. Yeah, which, you know, so wait, let me uh, find you know, this like, Have quick. you ever met one? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that all poly people have like white person dreadlocks, but all people with white person dreadlocks are poly. <laughs> no, the, the, the next question is a similar question from uh, Perseus Bader. Good day, chapsticks. Greetings from an Aussie Grey Wolf. Love your show and only wish you had an Australian spinoff that would skewer and dissect our own highly fucked up politics and culture. Um, Matt V. Brady, are you listening, mate? Yeah, Mitt Brady. <laughs> Mitt Brady. But he says... Well, to you right now, the, the Martin Trumbull's a bit of a wanker, mate. He says, my question is, why is polyamory a staple of your jokes? I'm sure there's a lot of narcissistic bullshit that has been written about it, but I feel like it's... Like, that's true about lots of ultimately innocuous stuff. Do you guys think there's anything inherently dumb or bad about Polly? Or are you having a laugh at it the way it gets talked about by a particular type of person? I Okay, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with no, Polly. I just think it's funny. I feel like I should I feel like I should field this one because I'm responsible for about eighty percent of the polyamory <laughs> jokes. Uh, not only not only not only on the show, but just on the internet. Uh no, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. It's just funny to make fun of. Uh, I've met more people who it doesn't work for than it does. But, hey, you know what? Not my business either way. I like to make fun of it. Yeah, it's certainly not above being made fun of, especially the way certain people talk about it. And to answer these, we, I, we do know, I think I know a couple people who are poly and chill, yeah. I would say. You know, and yeah. then it, it does work for them. But um, I, did, I, mean, I don't have any really serious thoughts. I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, as to the question of cuck and use of the word cuck, um, I gotta say I, I can't see myself not using it to yeah, talk about funny. the anti-Trump people, just because again it's funny, and I, I, I think it descri accurately describes him. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, like, look at Jeb Bush. What does he look like? But like a guy being cucked. I mean, a guy watching Lexington Steel plow yeah. his wife. Uh, Ben Shapiro, same thing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, well, we're, we're calling them elevators half the time now, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun. Like, if you want the, the politically correct insults for the Never Trump people, just call them elevators. Yeah. Or elevator boys or something like that. But um, we'll try to, we'll try to change the ratio from like 80-20 to maybe closer to 50-50 cuck to elevator. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, one other thing, uh, we did have a, our our alpha Grey Wolf listener Amelia McWork uh, emailed us last week in response to one of the other uh, listener questions that was sort of taking issue with our Elizabeth Holmes joke. And she uh, she stuck up for us and said that you know she she thought it was hilarious. Um, I just want to say shout out to Amelia, but it does remind me that the person who wrote in to complain said uh, the joke was quote pound my pussy, but in fact the joke was go to town on my pussy, yeah, which yeah. I think makes a big difference. Yeah, in terms it makes of a huge the, difference. It was sort of. Uh, who's being objectified? Elizabeth Holmes is not being fucked in the joke. She's having the violin played on her, which is when you put two fingers above and around the G-spot, uh, play the clit like a swizzle stick flute, and females typically experience triple-digit orgasms. Yeah, no, that was apology a, to women. That was a joke about pleasuring a woman, you know, not just not just fucking them. Yeah, but, making love. Yeah, woman affirming erotica is uh, what we believe in, and and the. Yeah, she was she, she, in that thing. She is empowered. She is making the demand. She's saying, "I am willing to come out and say I want triple digit orgasms, and you're going to give yeah. them to me." So, um, a mentally ill man from YouTube is uh, <laughs> eating her pussy. It's empowering. <laughs> okay, I think the I think I think that's a, a good note to end the show on. Um, uh, thanks again to all the listeners, and special thanks to all the haters. <laughs> One of you is worth a thousand fans. Deus in Eternum, roll those billiards. <laughs> Yo, let's go. Um, let's go smoke some incense, dog. Let's do it. All right, peace. Bye. says don't ask why just do look our moms are here they see the value in it why can't you <laughs> where's your mom going oh she keeps a cigarette burning out on the steps outside so she's gonna go hack a butt so she just comes and goes as she pleases there's no sort of rules for her she's put her time in here all right the lord makes an exception for her jesus christ man wait don't stop using his name in vain now stand stand yes and give me some money for the baskets no, i'm not giving you money no thank well, you, you have no, to thank give you. money no, thank oh you. You. No, thank you Look, if anything, the church would give us money. You know, they seem to have plenty of it. Dude, the church doesn't give money. It takes it. All right? That's the way it works. And then you go to heaven. Now kneel. Kneel? We're going to kneel again? Actually, it's over. We're standing again. Son of a bitch. This is a scam, okay? This is a scam. All this kneeling, standing, getting people all confused. <laughs>